Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans. Welcome to episode number 628 of the Peristyle Podcast. I'm your host, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. We've got a special show for you this week on the podcast. I am up in Beaverton, Oregon for the opening up here near Nike's headquarters. We're covering the opening, which is a very elite camp uh, for high school players all over the country. A lot of USC targets are here. The Elite 11 quarterback competition is here. Um, USC has a commitment in Ricky Town and another prospect. Uh, there's lots of stuff going on here up at the opening, so doing some coverage for USCfootball.com up here this week. So I won't be able to talk to uh, Coach Harvey Hyde, and just want to let you know so we're going to do a solo show today, so I'll do my best to answer all of your questions that sent in, and we'll uh, check out USCfootball.com for updates on a lot of these prospects uh, from the opening. And before we kind of get into questions, there's been a lot going on. Uh, with the site, if you've been on uscfootball.com uh, lately, uh, a couple weeks ago, you probably saw that Gerard Martinez, uh, our longtime recruiting analyst, and actually Dan uh, Dan Weber, our beat writer, moved over to uh, go to scout.com. Uh, so there was a lot of questions with that, and I just I got a lot of questions, and there's a lot of questions about the future of what's going on at uscfootball.com. I just want to let you know, unfortunately, I am not permitted to comment about any of that uh, at this point. I hope I can. And I will be I will be able to actually uh, in the near future, but right now uh, I cannot. But what I can let you know is the Peristyle podcast. There was I got some questions about that. It's an independent show. It's uh, I host it myself. Uh, it's not going away. It's not going anywhere. Um, you can go to peristylepodcast.com, and you can always see our podcast. You can see all of them, all all 600 whatever. I mean, I'm sorry, 268. Uh, episodes of the show uh, we have uh, archives plus a lot of the uh, recruiting blasts as well uh, and we could change the format a little bit we're gonna have some different guests on and things like that but you can always find our podcast on itunes and peristylepodcast.com so i just want to let you know i would go on with that i do apologize and we will uh, when i'm able to uh, say more i will definitely do that here on the show and of course on uscfootball.com all right well let's uh I'm going to do this solo today, so it won't be as long. Um, today, it's uh, July 7th, to, uh, 2014, by the way. And uh, the Elite 11 actually started yesterday on Sunday. Um, flew up here yesterday. I'll be checking out uh, Elite 11 practice today on Monday. And then there'll be spark training and stuff for the skill guys uh, on Tuesday. And they start 7-on-7. Seven seven and have the championships, it all wraps up on Thursday. So I'll be up here Lots, 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 lots of USC uh, prospects are up here. So check out uscfootball.com, and we will have all the information for you there. All right, so we do have some questions. I wanted to kind of talk about what's been going on with the team, uh, their summer workouts, and, you know, we talked about uh, the attendance, what's changed from last week's show to this week, uh, besides Dan not being on the show anymore, um, is that now we can actually talk to players. So I did, actually did a nice story on uh, Gerald Bowman, uh, the, the redshirt senior safety. You can check that out on uscfootball.com. It's actually a free story. 
You can check it out up there. Uh, what he's been doing, a lot of different players have been assuming uh, leadership roles. And I think it's something that's great to see. We're seeing a lot of all the, the freshmen are out there now. Um, the, the latest workout we saw, they actually uh, kind of cut it short a little bit and they were just doing one-on-ones. They didn't have the full sort of practice because it was the day before uh, 4th of July. Um, so, you know, you can understand why it wasn't, uh, it was going to be a, a widely attended one. A lot of p- players were, were going out of town for the, the long holiday weekend. So uh, it was just a bunch of the skill guys kind of going one-on-one. But for the most part, you see these practices and they look like regular practices. We actually talked to Cody Kessler and Max Brown about it. Um, and all the guys that, that we've talked to, uh, they're trying to make it look like a regular practice. It doesn't matter that the coaches aren't there. They're doing the high tempo stuff. And I think they're doing a, a really good job. It's, it's you know, we there wasn't a lot of organization in the winter because you had the new staff and a new playbook didn't really know what's going on. Now that they've got the, the playbooks and they understand what's expected of them from spring football, I think it's really helped them uh, in these summer workouts. They're the best ones I've that I can remember seeing out here. So lots of good stuff, I think, with the USC summer workouts. Got another, you know, the rest of July, basically, they'll be able to work out and, uh, you know, getting ready for fall camp. Usually take that week or so off before fall camp of these workouts, but we'll see what they're their schedule is like but lots of we put up a whole bunch of photos and we put up video every time for these workouts on uscfootball.com so you can check it all out there this last batch of photos it should still be on the front page or you can you can find it uh fairly easily it's uh it's pretty good uh there's a lot of good action shots um with guys going up catching the football a lot of the tight ends and uh wide receivers cornerbacks linebackers is mostly what that focused on um yeah you can find those out we've actually put those up on our facebook page um so you can check that out it's uh if you go to facebook slash uscfootball.com all spelled out you just spell out dot com at the end or just do search uscfootball.com on facebook you'll find it we have tons and tons uh photos and videos up on that page and uh, of course on twitter you can follow me at inside troy all one word at inside troy that's my twitter handle so you can get uh, lots of information. Now I'll be tweeting out some stuff here from the opening, so you can follow that as well. So lots going on. That's how you find us on social media. Of course, peristylepodcast.com is where you find the show. Uh, it's on iTunes as well. So lots of different ways to, to get a hold of us. So don't worry. The podcast's not going away. Uh, well, let's jump into these questions. Like I said, it's not going to be uh, a really long show, but I wanted to at least talk, you know, talk about some of these points that were brought up uh, from some of our listeners. We'll start off with uh, Zachary. Says, I love the show. Listen to it every week. Thank you very much, Zachary. Appreciate that. Question is, having watched all the weekly highlights of the throwing sessions, it seems that all Kessler does is check down. Nine or ten passes are usually swing passes or quick dump-offs. Does USC have a shot at being explosive this year with Kessler at the helm, or do we have to wait until the future for Max? He's talking about Max Brown or Jalen. He's talking about Jalen Green. Uh, it seems like the safer play by Sark going with Kessler because he's afraid to go downfield. And uh, Zachary, just to let you know with these workouts, we're only allowed to show three minutes of highlights of the whole thing. And they're actually doing quite a bit. There's uh, a seven-on-seven period uh, that I don't even film. I'm usually taking photos during that that time. Um, there's a, a team run, which is mostly, uh, it's the full team, so it's 11-on-11, but it's mostly running plays and maybe some play action. And then they'll have like the full team where it could be run or pass where it's 11 on 11. Uh, and they'll do one-on-ones and stuff afterwards. What we've been doing, just because we can only put up three minutes, is trying to film that 
that 11 on 11 portion and I do agree I, I think there are and, and some of the defensive players call and not just Cody Kessler but the other quarterbacks as well uh, about some of the checkdowns that are being run they'd rather see it thrown down the field and it does happen but if it's an incomplete pass down the field that's not making our three minute highlight so uh, it's a little probably a little unfair to judge them that most of the plays are are checkdowns where maybe that day those were the completed passes and the the other ones downfield were not or um, you know, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes you put more running plays in there. It, it just kind of depends on what's going on or, or what's part of their script as well. So there, some of them might be they were working on, you know, getting the ball to Buck Allen in the in the flat or whatever. Um, so I, I do think there can be more checkdowns than you would like to see. I don't think it means he's afraid to go downfield. I don't think he is. Uh, we saw there was one where he had thrown a, a bomb to Juju Smith, completed it, uh, threw a bomb to Dory Jackson, the next play completed it, all worked out well. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I, I see it. It could potentially be a problem or something that you, you should watch for, especially during the season. But you need to see it during the season and not during three minutes of highlights of, of one of these summer workouts because we are limited with what we can show and, and we don't really know what their script is and what they're working on that day. All right, uh, thanks for that, Zachary. Let's go to Matt. He says, sometimes you've mentioned on the podcast that sanctions caused USC to extend offers to players they might not have in normal times. Two of those players I always considered to fall on that list were Chad Wheeler and Buck Allen. Clearly last year, both of them proved me wrong. What players have surprised you in recent years and become much, much better players than you thought they would be when they signed with USC? That's a really interesting question there i think it's too early to tell for the class of 2014 they just got on campus but if you want to talk about someone in that class ajna harris uh has been really impressive to me i think he's looked the best of the new wide receivers i mean he's we haven't seen we've seen him more than like a dory jackson or juju smith but i'll put it he's made more plays than him catching the ball now dory can do things that 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 harris can't do but um he's one of those guys recently but you know we haven't got to see him uh, play not a huge class uh, for 2013. Um, maybe we'll look at at the 2012. I'll go through a couple names, uh, kind of from there. I think Morgan Breslin was a guy we weren't really sure about. I mean, he was a four-star uh, dude coming out, uh, uh, you know, Diablo Valley uh, Community College. But the way he came in and just kind of tore things up right away, I don't think people expected that. Now he got hurt and he didn't really, you know, we didn't get to see him make contributions. Uh, you know, his final year, unfortunately. But, man, he just he tore things up that first year he was in the program. And we haven't seen that, especially from a JC kid coming in just right away and just, like, kicking butt and, uh, and, and making sacks and making plays. So I think he's one of those uh, names that that's up there. And, um, you know, for, I think, Max Turek, I mean, I think you, you, people thought he was going to be good, but I don't know if people thought he was going to be the kind of player that he's really like, the, you know, the leader and like you know, can play every position on the offensive line. I think that's someone to to definitely watch and, and, and check out there. He's he's just been a guy that's, you know, he I think you thought he was going to be really good. I don't know if you thought he'd be great and, and be the kind of leader that he was and be able to kind of move around and, and really do whatever, uh, you know, the coaches asked him to do. So he's, those are a couple of the names there. I mean, maybe I'll give you one more from that class. Uh, Jalen Cope. Uh, Fitzpatrick, uh, he was a guy watching him in uh, a lot of the seven-on-seven tournaments and stuff. It seemed like he had a really hard time uh, catching the football. It was like, man, what is going on here? 
And uh, but you know he looked he looked apart and he looked athletic and uh, I think he's going to play a huge role this year. I mean he's the guy that's healthy. You know we got it's good to see Randall Telfer. He's been out there at these summer workouts and I think he's doing a lot of uh, really good things. But you know I, is it going to be Jalen Cook Fitzpatrick? You, I think they're going to need both of them in there. But we just don't know injury wise if Telfer's going to uh, be able to to stand up to everything. So hopefully he will. But for Cope Fitzpatrick, I think there's going to be a lot of this on him. And uh, he's he's caught the ball a lot better in college than I saw him uh, kind of, you know, what he was doing in high school. So I, I think those are some of the guys, you know, recent signees, I guess you could say. Maybe, you know, let's throw a guy from the previous class. Uh, this is the bigger one from 2011, J.R. Tavai, uh, you know, three-star kid out of Maricosta High School where I, you know, near where I live in the South Bay. Um, you know, he's from Redondo Beach and, uh, you know, just been a, a beast out there. So he's he's another one that maybe people weren't quite uh, expecting um, to, to, you know, to do as well as he done. And so hopefully that answers your question. There's a, you know, a bunch of different guys that, I, I you know, when you're signing four and five star guys all the time, you know, most of the time that you're expecting them to do pretty well. But sometimes players play even better than, than what you think. So hopefully that answered your question. Matt, thank you for sending that in. I'm going to go to Earl in West Los Angeles. Let's see what Earl has to say. Uh, is it true the up-tempo USC offense will employ sideline signal cards? I've heard we'll be using them and would like to have a better understanding of what they mean and how they are used. Thanks so much for a great program. Fight on, Earl in West LA. And yes, actually, Earl, they will be using those cards. and We're actually seeing them at the summer workouts. Now, I cannot tell you what they mean. I just don't know. They're holding up cards that'll have like a Tennessee Titans helmet on it or something like that. There's there's some system that they have in place and we've seen it, you know, used it at Oregon. These were ones, I believe they're single cards. Like there's, and they might have two of them going up at once. They're not like the Oregon ones that have like uh, quadrants and there's four different places to, to put things in there. So it's a little bit different than what we've seen uh, at Oregon. But yes, they are using these single cards and there's someone... And uh, next to the guy holding up the cards, that's making hand signals as well. So, I, I I'm, unfortunately, I don't think they want us to know what they mean. I'm sure they don't want us to know what they mean. I can't tell you what they mean, but they are signaling the play in there. And you will see Cody Kessler from time to time, after maybe his reps are done and, and Max Brown steps in, come over to the sideline and kind of go over the plays. And they're still, you know, getting that system down. So they, you know, they're still working on it. It's it's good, though, because these summer workouts, they're actually practicing how they would get the play in and how they would call the play. It's not like they're sitting in the, the huddle looking at a, a chart and saying, here's what we're going to do. There's someone on the sidelines with that chart that they know which play they're supposed to run signaling that play in there. So I think it's a really good – it's a good question, but I think it's a really good way to practice you know, how this offense is going to run. So just another aspect of why I think these summer workouts – uh, have been so good this year and uh you know that's that's definitely one of the reasons why all right uh let's see let's go to melvin um yeah melvin uh, he usually has a bunch of questions so it's the first one he said i just read on your site that usc had a commitment from and he puts quote unquote strong side defensive end uh noah jefferson he wants to know what's the major difference between Strong side versus weak side defensive end. What are the different duties of each position? And currently, who's the first string strong side and weak side defensive end? 
So first, let's talk about uh, Noah Jefferson, who you mentioned. And he's listed in Rivals as a strong side defensive end. Uh, he's from Liberty High School in Las Vegas. Uh, we have him as a three-star guy. He was actually the, the Northern California uh, Rivals Camp MVP, 6'5", 285 pounds. Uh, really, I, I think in USC system, he's going to be more of a, a defensive tackle. I know they list him as strong side defensive end. And it just depends on what... Uh, I mean, there's different systems. If you're talking, I think they're talking in that position. It's more of a, he'd be a four-three uh, kind of defensive end. I think in USC system where you're having, essentially, you got a nose, you know, a nose, a couple of defensive tackles next to the nose. Those are kind of the three. He would be one of those um, two guys there. So it's, uh, it's. I think the system is a little different. But I'll try to, I'll try to go over at least my understanding of it. I mean, this is kind of some. Some football 101 stuff that I think is, uh, you know, I, I I like talking to Dan and and, and coach about uh, different aspects. I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of terminology, and I think it changes, and and it just depends on who you talk to, and and as it's changed, I think we've seen a lot of different, um, I, I guess the aspects of the defense and how you talk about it kind of changes when the staff changed. I think it's similar to what we saw last year, but I'll try to explain what when I've talked to the coaches, how they uh, envision, how they kind of describe uh, the defense. So like I mentioned, you know, the nose guard, uh, you know, in the middle, that's like the Antoine Woods would be the starter there. Uh, you know, Kenny Bigelow uh, would be playing in that spot. There's two defensive tackles, like a left and right. Um, so Leonard Williams, big kid, you know, he's going to be one of those guys. Uh, and and most likely this year, uh, next uh, you know on the other side of Woods will probably be either Delvon Simmons or Claude Palon. Um, either one of those guys will kind of get in there. But those are the three. You know, those are usually your bigger guys in the middle, hand on the ground, stopping the run, rushing the quarterback, stuff like that. So I think you'll see that will be the same as last year. Instead of having George Uko, you'll probably be Simmons or or, or Palon. So one of those you know two guys will come in there. That should look about the same. Um, and as far as the, the ends go, so there's really like the way they have it split up and, you know, you say it's like kind of a three, four hybrid, one of the ends, uh, they have practicing with the defensive lineman. So it's kind of like the bigger guy, more hand on the ground, more he's working on rushing the quarterback and stopping the run more. And, uh, you know, you, you could call him an outside linebacker, but he's really kind of, it's kind of like a, a rush end, um, that they're going to keep with the defensive lineman. That's your like J.R. Tavai, who we, we talked about, uh, or Scott Starr has been and playing in that kind of role. Uh, then the other end, uh, you know, would be your it mostly. It's basically like your strong side linebacker, strong side saying where the tight end would be. Um, so someone that would have to drop back into coverage a little bit more, and you're seeing them practice with the linebackers, doing more coverage drills and things like that. Um, so that could be like Quentin Powell uh, or Jabari Ruffin. Um, those two kind of guys come in there. Like it's, it's kind of interesting. You see uh, Malik Dorton and Lawajuan Tucker uh, kind of coming in there. Tucker, I think, looks a little bigger. He's at least a little taller to me. He's going to be working on that uh, strong side linebacker spot, um, working with the linebackers, and Malik Dorton is more in the rush end spot, and he's working with, like, you know, in the J.R. Tavai type of role. So um, hopefully that kind of explains what that front, uh, you know, that that front seven is kind of doing. Um, you know, you got the rush ends there. The inside linebackers are staying the same. You know, it's like Hayes Pillard, 
uh, Lamar Dawson, Anthony Sorio, uh, and, and Michael Hutchins has actually been doing a really good job too, kind of learning behind uh, Hayes Pillard. So that's kind of the whole front seven there. So I, I wouldn't say there's like a, I mean, the strong, I, technically I guess the strong side defensive end in this system would actually be the strong side linebacker, the outside linebacker. Uh, but you know, th- don't take that literally what you saw there on the rivals uh, rankings for that, uh, for, for Noah. Um, that's just kind of the way it just depends on the way the defense runs and hopefully I explained to you hopefully pretty well <laughs> how the USC defense is, is running right now at least those front ones and if you even want to talk about the safeties it's not a left or a right it's not a uh, strong side strong or weak safety it's a free safety excuse me stronger or, or free safety it's basically just a left or a right um, so like you know Gerald Bowman I talked to him the other day it's you have to kind of learn both sides but it's really about what side of the field you're on not where the tight end is. So hopefully that was good for you, Melvin. Uh, another one. Um, this is a really interesting one. He said, listen to all the podcasts. He goes, the real question mark going into fall camp would be the offensive line. Um, looking at past USC offensive linemen, who would you rate as the best time offensive lineman? He's like, Mix, Munoz, Matthews, Baselli, etc. That's a real tough one, uh, Melvin. There's been so many uh, wrong year. I and mean, there's a lot, so many good ones there. Um, I think the best all-time to ever leave the program has to be Anthony Munoz, but he wasn't necessarily the best uh, while he was at USC, uh, the injuries and things like that. But as far as resume after leaving USC, I, I would go with him. I mean, I I didn't get to see a lot of the other guys in person, but, I, but Tony Baselli was someone to me that was just amazing too. So I, I would go, I mean, you could even put Matt Khalil up there. Man, the guy's been a super stud. Uh, even Ryan Khalil. Uh, there's a bunch of different guys, but I'll I'll say uh, it's good b- between Munoz and Baselli for me. Baselli better USC career, uh, Munoz better uh, overall football career. All right, that's my opinion there. If you guys write in if you think I'm full of crap and <laughs> you think I should have said somebody else. Uh, one last one from Melvin. He said last week you and Dan talked about Coach Sark not really emphasizing size bulk versus athleticism. How would you label Leonard Williams of USC? Big muscle man or big athletic player? I would say yes. He's, a, uh, I, mean, I, I, don't, I mean, he's a strong kid. I don't think he's uh, overly developed as far as, you know, he's just putting on lots and lots of muscle. But, yeah, so athletic. And there's a reason why people are saying he's going to be a top five pick in the, in the NFL draft. So I, he's not a guy I think you have to worry about uh, what, how you're going to categorize him. He basically can – can do just about anything you're going to ask of him out there. So big, you know, enough size that he can play inside next to Antoine Woods and do, you know, stop the run. But so much athleticism, he can run people down and just make plays in the backfield, sack the quarterback, chase a running back from behind, uh, things like that. Let's see. Let's go to Ron. Thanks for those, Melvin. Uh, Ron, I hear that Gerald Bowman is looking really good in summer workouts. How close is he getting at one of those starting spots? He seems healthy now and ready to create havoc in the secondary this season. He is uh, healthy. I mean, it's a, it's a, g- a good point there. And they got a lot of, uh, they got better players there now, I think, than they did last year. And it's going to depend on, um, you know, do, do they feel comfortable at cornerback with maybe like Kevon Seymour and, and Chris Hawkins or, uh, you know, Davion Shelton or, you know, one of the new guys. I really like Jonathan Lockett. I think Lamont Simmons got, uh, you know, great length. Do they feel comfortable there? Do they want Josh Shaw uh, moving back uh, and playing in the corner corner spot instead of safety? 
but it looks to me, you know, if you're going to, if, if you say Shaw's going to play safety, um, him and Cravens, uh, I think would be the ones that are, if he plays safety, I think those two were the guys that will start. But I think Bowman and Liam McQuay will be in there as well. And I think you're going to get some, you know, they'll move things around with the nickel package too. But I, I do think Bowman, I mean, I just seeing him, he looks like, he says he's in the best shape of his life. Uh, he looks like it. He looks like a different player. That shoulder injury is completely behind him now. I think he's going to have a, a big role uh, in this defense. Now, you know, technically, will he be the starter? I, you know, it just depends on a lot of different factors. But I do think he's going to have a big role. I think he's going to be in there quite a bit. And, you know, they'll, they'll move some people around. And there's, there's a lot of pieces there that you can, uh, you know, flexible pieces and versatile pieces. And, and we'll see. There are guys that can move different spots. Um, it, a lot of it's going to depend to me on some of the corners and, and maybe even the young corners, how well they're playing. Because they want to find the best four or five guys to get in there. And I, I do think Bowman has a shot at being one of those guys. Thanks for that, Ron. Then uh, one last question. It's from uh, Tarek. He said, over the summer months, which players have gotten noticeably bigger, particularly those on the offensive line? Uh, Chad, Ch- Chad Wheeler looked very skinny last year, although he grew quite a bit. Uh, that's from Tarek. So let's, I guess we could look at some of the different offensive linemen. Chad still looks, you know, he's, he's tall. He doesn't look, um, I mean, yeah, he, he looks like he could still put on some weight there. He, he's performing really well, obviously, but I think there's something that, you know, he can kind of kind of work on. Um, if you kind of go through the different positions, uh, we haven't seen much from Nico Fala because of uh, uh, he's still, you know, nursing an injury, so we haven't seen him much out there. Chris Brown is, you know, freshman. I think he's, he's going to have to work on, uh, you know, getting in a little bit better shape uh, before we see him out there. Uh, Zach Banner, I like the way he's looked. Um, he's doing well. He's already so big. I don't think he's a guy that you would say is getting bigger, or you, I don't think he's a guy you even want to get. Um, <laughs> I don't think he, he doesn't really need to get any bigger. So um, Andre Walker looks like he's lost some weight. Actually, now we haven't seen him practice, uh, but he looks like he's a he's a little uh, thinner than he was before, and that, I don't think that's a bad thing um, either. Uh, Jordan Simmons, I think he's looking a little bit better. Now, there's still there's still some bad body weight and stuff on there, but I think he's working back into it. Damian Mama, I guess you could say, he's a guy that got noticeably bigger. He was close to 400 pounds <laughs> from like 350 when he was in high school. So that's that's not what you're kind of looking for as, uh, as far as, as getting bigger goes. But, uh, I mean, I think for the most part along the offensive line, I guess Chad Wheeler would be one guy you want to see, like, pack on some pounds. I think he's done a little bit, but he's still – I mean, if you see him now walking around, you can tell. I mean, he looks a lot different than many of the other uh, offensive linemen. So hopefully that kind of answers your question. About the other guys, let's see. Uh, I think Max Brown – like, just regular you know, regular guys out there. Max Brown's a guy I think that's looked bigger. I really like the way uh, Quentin Powell uh, is put together. Uh, he's you know, he, he looks good. I, I think Jabari Ruffin – uh, he's another guy that's uh, that looks good. Um, there's a lot of impressive-looking guys out there. I mean, Hayes Pillard, I, I think it looks about the same. Michael Hutchings, uh, he's looking pretty good. Uh, but I, there was no one to me that stood out that's just like, wow, that guy's like way bigger. Oh, you know, here, I'll give you one. This is hard when you do this by yourself. <laughs> Chris Wilson looks huge um, and cut. He's like crazy looking. So he was the walk-on tight end. Um that came in there and had a, you know, he was actually playing baseball at Wake Forest, came in and last summer, I believe, and was 
you know, walking on as a quarterback. They needed him to play tight end. He came in there and actually was starting or started, I believe, one or two games. Um, you know, he was a good-looking athlete and stuff. And I actually ran into him, uh, funny, on a, a bike down in uh, the South Bay, Hermosa Beach, on the 4th of July. So he was down there with Scott Starr kind of hanging out and with some buddies. Uh, but looks he looks great, looks ripped. I mean, he definitely looks like a Division One tight end now. So we talked, you know, I mentioned earlier about uh, Randall Telfer and uh, Jalen Cup Fitzpatrick. But, dude, if you look at this guy, there's, like, no reason. He's athletic enough, and he's big enough now. There's no reason you wouldn't say, oh, that guy was a recruited four-star tight end, you know. So he's yeah, so that's that's one guy that's been, uh, you know, went from a pitcher at Wake Forest to a walk-on quarterback to a walk-on tight end that actually was in the mix to now looking like, you know, the real deal. And uh, he really does. So watch him. If you get to come out and watch him at fall camp, he's a guy that you might want to uh, – check out there so hopefully that answered your question and uh i know it's a different it's a shorter show this week i I apologize for that where you know i'm up here at the opening we'll try to get you the best uh coverage we possibly can of all the usc prospects going on uh checking out the opening and performing up here and spark training and the elite 11 and seven on seven and all that kind of fun stuff so uh thanks again for uh, tuning in to the peristyle podcast and we will be back with a regular show again next week You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 